You're listening to the Pittsburgh Podcast Network, available on iTunes, SoundCloud, TuneIn Radio, Google Play Music, and Stitcher Radio. Just go to any of those apps and search Pittsburgh Podcast Network. Enjoy the show. Documentary traffic into Congressman, uh, was it Crime Town uh, by Eric Murphy? And I'm online here with Eric. Eric, did you know him at all? Uh, I've met him several times, but okay. I didn't know him personally. Okay. Uh, you know, I, I'm 40, and he was 73 when mm-hmm. he passed, but yeah. he was a folk hero. That's what I thought. I know, even up. though you're young, I thought maybe you met him or something somewhere, you know. Um, you know, there was no difference between. Jim Trafficant and John Wayne, you know, when I was growing, I was a little kid. He was on TV every day. Yeah. Um, you know, my it, grandfather it, worked. Oh, go ahead. No, I was going to say, I want to hear your grandfather. Worked 41 years at Republic Steel, mm. retired, they, you know, close, sell, he mm-hmm. gets screwed over. So it was a topic of conversation around our dinner table every Sunday. Wow. Jesus Christ, JFK. Jim Trafficking. <laughs> well, yeah, because he he stepped out and you know became a man for the people. He said things that we we're thinking it really hit home for me as I'm watching it. In a weird way, reminded me of Trump's message a little bit. Right? Do you agree? Oh, you know, we've seen that reflected and echoed in this election now with Trump coming out with all the bombast and the populism and the terrible hair. <laughs> uh, and people project a lot of that, but I think the clear distinction is that Jim Trafficant was literally the son of a truck driver, was as blue collar, no collar as you could get. Uh, yeah, you know, so clear distinctions there. But what he fought for, it seems like Trump stole his act. You know, if he <laughs> was around today, he would be calling BS like, "You ripped me off." Yeah, you know, that's my act. Yeah, what we, are you doing? You're right. Well, uh, Ed O'Neill, who makes appearances in, in uh, Boom Boom Mancini, uh, I'm fans of both of those uh, guys, Ed said, because I'm from Pittsburgh, so I'm close enough to sure. Youngstown and your hometown of Warren. Or your rusty little kid brother. Exactly. Warren, Ohio, where you're from, is near and dear to my heart. That was my first road gig ever as a stand-up comic. <laughs> Oh, really? Yeah. Where did you play? It was called Tickles Comedy Club. Tickles. <laughs> and I opened for a guy. Jimmy Walker was the guy's name. He was on a show called, I don't I remember the name, What's Happening or something. I don't Dynamite. know, whatever show. Do you remember this? Dynamite. Yeah. Dynamite. Yeah. And, and, and the well, the beauty of podcasting, we could take our time here. We have nowhere to, you know, we, we converse. So I got to tell you the story real quick. But I'm in this hotel. Uh, next to Tickles, and it was me and Jimmy Walker in these rooms. It was a rough hotel, but I get is a it knock. On route forty five, or is it on the downtown square? No, it was on Route something, so it had to be that Route forty five. It had to yeah. be. Yeah. So it was like a Brown Derby restaurant up front. You know what? It really, I th- it was like something like yeah, it was something like that kind of place, and in. They rent the motels there by by the hour. They're like a two story motel that wrap around the restaurant. That's exactly comedy club. Yes. And there I was, <laughs> by the hour, <laughs> Jimmy Walker next door. And, and I get a knock on the door, and it was, I kid you not, because I knew who he looked like from watching television and seeing him fight. It was Leon Spinks. 
Wow. In a T-shirt with blood on it a little bit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he said, <laughs> and he had no teeth in his front, as he noticed. Right. And he said, uh, do you know where the ice machine is? And I said, yeah, down the hall to the right. He, and, he, and he goes. And I'm like, wow, I can't That believe. was a euphemism. I think he was looking for uh, his <laughs> beloved crack. He made, well, he, well, he, he did. <laughs> well, you know what? He did come back and knock on my door so said he couldn't find it. Yeah. Maybe there was something he's asking. And they told me the ice was in room 14. Yeah, maybe he thought I was the ice guy or something. Who knows <laughs> what they what they do. But it was my first gig, man. So I got I got a great vibe. I love that area, man. Uh, yeah, it's, me too. it's Pittsburgh's little brother or whatever. And, but it's a wonderful, Youngstown and Warren, Ohio, both wonderful cities. And, you know, like Pittsburgh, they make great comebacks. That's and right. Youngstown's in the middle of a digital and technological renaissance right mm-hmm. now, which is really cool to see. It is. And, and they got great restaurants From the Rust there. Belt to the Tech Belt. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's, a, they, right. it's a great, great place to visit. And, and so tra- give it the traffic and Eric, do you think he was, do you think he was addicted to fame? At the end of the whole, at the end of your documentary, I thought, this guy was addicted to fame, and he, his ego seemed to get in the way of what he could do at the end of the day. That's what I thought. Man, I'm so glad you say that, because uh, that's really, I think, what we were going for at the end of, like, a bigger idea, you know, <laughs> of his greatest strengths was certainly his ego. He was hard-charging, he was confident, he was charming. Yeah. But it also made him infallible in his mind and really took himself down, you know, in a way, and and let the yeah the darkness kind of get at him. <laughs> and uh, so absolutely, his ego was his greatest strength and his greatest weakness. Oh, yeah, because, you know, the fact that he took the bribes as a sheriff no question um you know and and the thing that has kind of come to mind is that there are parallels between him trafficking could be considered the mahoning valley's oj simpson you're right you know he got away with the big crimes Mm -hmm. and then went away for way too long for (laughs) like you know wrongdoing but relatively nickel dime stuff they they he created that long list of enemies that they wanted to go after him eventually. And they, they, you're right. Like OJ was just hated and, and he yeah. should, where he should be, but for something different. Uh, I didn't think trafficking was evil though. That's the thing. I think no. OJ's evil, uh, but I didn't think trafficking was, I here's, I think Ed O'Neill said this, but he did what he did. Uh, because he grew up around that, in other words, and so I don't. I'm paraphrasing. It's not exactly yeah. what I said, but but when you grow up in the streets, I grew up in the streets of Pittsburgh in an alley, and I know those those people. And in you know, sometimes that could be a for those people could be a gray area. What he did, I mean, he doesn't really. He kind of knows it's wrong, but it's kind of what he's always seen or whatever. It's hard That's to right. The the ordinary rules of right and wrong do not apply in Youngstown. In that time period, not in now, that era, but, you know, for a lot of cities in, in Traskin's era. And I found it fascinating when Ken Burns, you know, the great documentarian said yeah. on, on his Civil War documentary, uh-huh. like Ken Parter, you know, he said, America's original sin is slavery. Youngstown's mm-hmm. original sin is corruption and the mafia. Mm-hmm. 
you know, it's, yeah. it's baked into it. When immigrants moved here, hmm. they yeah. couldn't get a loan from the bank. They were working at the mill. You didn't have to speak English to work in those mills. We know that story. Right. You know, and the mafia would float them loans to get their house, to I'm get more, their car, to upgrade their life. I'm more, they were part of the fabric. They, they were. I'm more impressed you, you made it all the way through a Ken Burns uh, documentary without falling asleep. <laughs> It's amazing to me. I didn't say I didn't take naps now. <laughs> a lot of naps. But no, you're right. Uh, you know, I remember doing clubs in, in Youngstown in 1984, in that, in that era of uh, Mawbone Clubs or whatever. And, sure. and Richard Pryor has a famous story on that also in right? his act uh, that every comedian related to because anyone who played there but not only youngstown there's other cities but i, but I remember i've seen it it's it's hilarious I, I, and so spot on eric i uh i did a club there that was uh let's say family owned <laughs> yeah uh-huh and i know boom boom mancini was fighting uh that week and mm-hmm. he everywhere you went there were signs boom boom you're the greatest we oh, love yeah. you boom boom and he's still our hero. He's still a hero. And he's yeah. He he represented us. Even Tri-State, even Pittsburgh, he's here. For but, sure. Uh, but he he was uh, everywhere. His sign, blah blah, and all. And I'm, I'm doing a comedy club, and he lost that fight. I think it was a guy named Livingstone Bramble or something. I can't remember. Sure. Name. But what the, a war! The, the guy, the owner, gets up in the middle of my act on a Saturday and I was cooking the crowd. You know, and I'm a, <laughs> just starting. It's like I'm like I'm so excited. I'm like this is the greatest <laughs> set I've ever had. And he gets up and he says, grabs the mic for me. He goes, "Ladies and gentlemen, boom boom just lost." And the crowd goes out of their minds. They're crying. Yeah. And oh, he, they leave. They leave. You're he, the loneliest guy in the world up there. No, he looked at me and handed me the mic. Swear to God, Eric he goes, "You may continue." That's it. <laughs> Thirty minutes of death. But so oh, so that's you're funny. doing what what. You're you're a very talented uh, uh, documentarist, very talented director. I think. Uh, Thank you. I've been around a lot. Uh, uh, what made you? Uh, why? What made you choose trafficking? Of all the things you, you know, there's a million things you could you could choose. Why trafficking for you? I know he's colorful and, and all that, but what made you choose that? Yeah, um, like I said, you know, my grandfather worked in the mill, so that, that story of the blue collar mentality was part of who I am mm-hmm. uh, when you, I, and you thought this should be told this guy this the world should know about this guy well not at that point but you know like it's this whole story is such a it is my upbringing mm-hmm. and someone that I've never known life without wow you know Jim Traskin much like the Mills they were always part of the landscape hmm. you know he was the walking tall sheriff of Mahoning County and <laughs> refusing to evict out-of-work steel workers from their homes as sheriffs. Huh. That's what I grew up knowing. See, And then I delivered the papers, and I'd open up the bundles and scan A1 above the fold all the time, <laughs> looking for Traskin in the redacted language of where he told the IRS they could put their subpoenas and that <laughs> kind of stuff, which is just funny. I didn't know any nuance or anything, politics or anything. Yeah, yeah. Then I went to Youngstown State. And this is late 90s. I'm commuting from Warren, living at home, working jobs. Yeah. And the mobs started killing each other in the street. Hmm. 
they had always kind of done it behind closed doors. And Lenny Strollo, who was a capo and represented the Pittsburgh faction in Youngstown, mm-hmm. you probably played at one of his uncle's family-owned <laughs> restaurants. I'm sure I did. <laughs> I'm sure you did because they owned it all. Uh, he hired outsourced which is the irony of that, outsourced labor and hired crack dealers to shoot the newly elected prosecutor because the prosecutor was going to come after him I'm... in his house on Christmas Eve. <laughs> Unreal. And he lived. Unreal. He lived. The guy lived. He lives. And that's a whole story. Yeah. But when that happened, the FBI floods in, and it trickles back to trafficking. Well, that was happening as I'm – at Youngstown State, like, reading the newspaper every day. Yeah. Going, oh, my God. Yeah. Is this, surreal, is this it, surreal? It's actually. unbelievable. And the web is so deep. I mean, like, 100 people <laughs> ended up going to prison. They got everybody. From the dog catcher to the congressman. Now, <laughs> it had never happened before in American history. Yeah. In- and so I'm riveted. And when I got out of school, I had made a movie – didn't really know what I was doing. Uh, mm-hmm. Tim Ryan, who's now the congressman in Youngstown, mm-hmm. we went to the same high school. He's older than me. I started volunteering on his state senate campaign. Okay. He was driving Jim Trafficant before that, back and forth That's right. from he Youngstown yeah. to D.C. and telling me stories of picking him up in the middle of the night and Jim was <laughs> paranoid and all these cool stories. I'm driving Tim. He's downloading that information to me, and it just kind of clicked. And it just went. This is my story to tell. Yeah. Yes. And it, and, it, and it really was. I mean, I don't think anybody should have told it. I don't think anyone could have told it better. That's why I said it. It, it felt like I was watching it. It, went, it just flew by. It had, you could tell you have your thumbprint on it, you know. It, it was personal a bit. You could tell. Just the way it was edited. It was edited wonderfully. And I, I think you Thank did you. the editing, right? Most of it. Yes. So yeah, it was edited just seamless. I thought uh, in uh, it, it was he's a fascinating character. Now for me, you know, I'm looking at it a little differently. He wasn't really John Wayne, you know, to me. Sure. Now right. I was wondering, Eric, could this guy do no wrong in your eyes in a weird way? Just because because I understand that I have people like that too who I look at that way. But do do you see him even now? Like even though I'm looking at him thinking this guy's he's kind of a wacko, ego. His ego yeah. is big enough. But do you look at him and some of the other people that, that grew up like you did with this guy in the community, do you look at him as doing no wrong? Or, and I understand that, but do you? No, actually I don't. Okay. Uh, but that's a really great question. And it's a clear distinction to make that that, that was my interpretation and experience growing up. Mm-hmm. You know, I moved away in 2001, Jim gets indicted, and I'm looking at it both physically and now emotionally a little more distant. And when I decided that I have to turn this into a movie, mm-hmm. then I have to approach, approach it like a journalist or like a, you know, and a filmmaker where what is most compelling? I didn't want to pick one side of this and say Jim Trafkin never did any wrong and argue it. And, right. and I could make a, an argument for that side. Sure. You know, it'd be like a Michael Moore movie. I was I was yeah. interested in going down the middle and allowing an audience, especially one outside mm-hmm. of Youngstown, to decide to watch it and get sucked into it and, and go, oh, now now the audience is questioning the morality, not the filmmaker. 
I want you guys to to figure out what is good and what is bad. And wow, there's a lot going on inside this guy. Well, it worked. My wife and I talked about it for like an hour after watching it. Oh, going, that's cool. You know what I mean? That's going back, yeah, going back and forth with like you're saying, he was a complex guy. <laughs> Very complex. And <laughs> in, in one of the worst wigs I've ever seen, which is kind of worked yeah. properly, I guess. He knew that. And as you saw in the movie, like, <laughs> the great irony is his wife is a hairdresser. I know. Isn't that wild? You know, it's oh, unbelievable. You know what is also you uncovered? I, I had no idea. This guy played quarterback at Pitt, and he was he good. He was quite a great quarterback. Uh, what the, the tape that you had as I'm watching him, and, and I know he was – Drafted by the Steelers, like 246 pick or something, which they drafted 20 rounds or something those days. But he, if he were a quarterback today, he's a top two rounds because he he was a running quarterback who could throw. I was watching him. He was a guy who could weave through the line, and he could throw fairly well. I don't know how accurate, but he would have definitely been more valuable today. <laughs> he, he was a great quarterback and mm-hmm. a hell of a leader. Um but the, the knock on him was that he was uncoachable. You know, the coach would mm-hmm. send in a running play, and he would pass it, and vice versa. Uh, yeah. And, uh, um, <laughs> you know, he played with Iron Mike Ditka, and we know Mike Ditka is uh, a hard-nosed, straightforward guy. Yeah. And Trafficant and Ditka banged heads all the time at Pitt. I could only imagine. Um and there's another story. It was before a big game. I believe it was Notre Dame. Mm-hmm. Um, and Trafficant misses the team curfew and gets benched because mm-hmm. he was out judging a wet T-shirt contest the <laughs> night before with Bobby Lane. Wow. <laughs> you know, who was a notorious carouser, and it was in Pittsburgh kind of at the end of his career. Yeah. Um, so Trafficant was just like one of those guys. <laughs> he played by his own set of rules. Oh God, that's which that's, is hilarious. It is yeah. hilarious, man. That, that, that's it's an amazing, colorful life. In the way he passed on his his tractor was just such a almost poetic. poetic. There you go. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, and I viewed him at the end of like this. You said he was addicted to the fame mm-hmm. and. Absolutely, you know, to the microphone, to that that juice of being in front of people, yeah, and like a boxer, yes. you know, they get addicted to it, and and ultimately the game is always going to win. Can't walk away, and and uh, I think he walked away at the end, mm-hmm. and had found some peace out there. Yeah. You know, he was just like painting and hanging out with his grandkids and like eating ice cream and effing yeah. around on the farm. Yeah, finally. And then, and then the sense. tractor flips over on him. I mean, it's just unbelievable that a life—it's Shakespeare. He had to go out that way. He had to go out that way. There, there. The one thing I was thinking, just, and I didn't even talk to my wife about. We didn't even discuss this. At, I, I didn't discuss this with anyone. Do you think there's a one percent chance there would be any foul play? Because I mean, I'm just saying the tractor falls over him. It's a weird thing, and, and then you start thinking, my God. The list of enemies, the things through his life, the people, yeah. and then you, you, to, you know, it wasn't natural causes. Did you think that at all? That it's just for I, I thought of it for one second, then I went nah. But the, oh, for sure, little I mean, kernel. It, it's of course, <laughs> uh, of course, you. There's a you think it, some it, of that those thoughts that kind of come in. And I've talked to people that have you know allegedly seen things 
helicopters out there and whatnot and gotten some very compelling emails and uh, phone calls regarding you know different information but right but but i'm sure it was just what it was an accident that's that but the guy was just so dramatic and theatrical and i mean his life was anyway just nothing would nothing would shock me (laughs) if they found out much years later (laughs) yeah it's a great it is a wonderful documentary uh, congratulations! And the documentary Thank premieres you. here in Pittsburgh this weekend. Okay, October twenty-first, one week only at the Parkway Theater in McKee's Rocks. It's a wonderful theater, the Parkway Theater in McKee's Rocks. I urge everyone go out, check out this documentary. You, you'll love it, especially during the uh, you know with this election and everything. And these definitely. You know, and I'll be uh, skyping in for a Q and A on Saturday night. Oh, that's after awesome. the Saturday screening. That's great, and, Eric, and the Q and A's are always a lot of fun. You know, people sure. have interesting comments and feedback, and yeah, yeah. I mean, you know. it, it, and it's available on uh, video on demand as well on iTunes, Amazon, and Vimeo. Oh, that's perfect. Yeah, so so check check out uh, the Traffic into Congressman of Crime Town, directed by uh, Warren and Youngstown native uh, Eric Murphy. Eric, what's your next? Can you give me a little glimpse in the future? What's your next project, man? What are you looking at next? You got a new, you have a new fan here in me, so I want to <laughs> seriously. I want to. The next project yeah. is probably a glass of Jameson at the Elks Lodge. Uh, <laughs> <tonight>. <laughs> oh, that's a good uh, one. That's a great one the too. Dodgers at five o'clock. <laughs> uh, <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> you know, I I just hope that we can find an audience with with this movie it's taken yeah. a lot of time and resources and and it's like i feel like i'm a politician running a write-in <laughs> campaign you know where you just have to go yes. retail politicking person to person and hope that they take time to watch the movie and i think when they do they're entertained at the very least oh very much so you know and and he's a such a compelling figure and and uh so okay. I, I appreciate you having me on thanks Eric. i don't know what what is really next Ah, well, hey, man, come on, please come on again, and, uh, you know, especially here in Pittsburgh, so I'd love to, love to, you know, have you on the show again, man, and uh, just for people out there who's wondering, a a documentary like that, from beginning to end, how long did it take you to make it, from beginning to completion? We started filming in 2009 when Jim got out of prison, and we're releasing it currently. Wow. Um, Now, we played some film festivals, and, you know, this is kind of in between freelance jobs and stuff, but But quite a lot of time. And, you know, we ran the two Kickstarter campaigns and long process of putting it together. Truly independent. You know, we had a small team of dedicated people that um, I don't know that there's a lot of money in documentary. <laughs> I was telling Ed O'Neill the other day. I said, uh, "You're in the highest grossing film of the year, Finding Dory, and the lowest grossing film of yeah. the year, <laughs> I Covered the Spectre." But I got to tell you, you have one of the most quality, quality films of the year, man. It's a fantastic. I really appreciate that. Really, and you know, sincerely, Eric. Thanks so much, brother. I appreciate you Thank being you. on the show. Take, I appreciate it. Take care, man. No 
John and Craig here from the Jagoff Podcast, the only podcast in all about Pittsburgh. That's a great thing, actually. <laughs> Just a, you and I talking about Pittsburgh, that's plenty. Yeah. What what do we actually talk about so on the podcast? So I think you know, if I were to describe it to someone, you know, if my mom asked me, you know, what do you guys talk about? I would say interesting people, interesting places, interesting events, and the, the things, the parts of Pittsburgh that aren't sports, they're not politics that make up the city of Pittsburgh that we all know and love. And we talk to people, we invite people in to talk to us who can get us free access to things and free food. And send food. In. Yeah. Yeah, if so, they send in food and vodka, we're the happiest guys alive. You're on the show. Couldn't be happier to be on the Pittsburgh Podcast Network. Check it out. Thanks for listening to the Pittsburgh Podcast Network. For more content from this show and other podcasts from your favorite Pittsburgh personalities, subscribe for free on iTunes, SoundCloud, TuneIn Radio, Google Play Music, and Stitcher Radio. Just search Pittsburgh Podcast Network on any of these apps and check us out at pittsburghpodcastnetwork.com. Thanks for listening.